Hey, you're listening to the Beyond Podcast with your host, Timmy Riggs, and today I'm excited because I'm sitting down with one of my best friends and uh, colleagues, Jake Garrett, the uh, Hospitality Connections Executive at our church, and so I hope that you enjoy. Well, hey, Jake, uh, thanks for jumping on with me, and you kind of did it short notice, so I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Um, We are just kind of said in the intro real quick, and I'll tell everybody else. Jake is our hospitality pastor uh, at our church. He's one of our executive pastors, so he sits in on you know high-level meetings every week, making big decisions. I'm glad I don't have to do that. I just get to talk to you guys. So, <laughs> um, but he does a lot of other things that are really important to our church. So, leading a lot of volunteer things, uh, making sure that when someone walks in, they feel welcome, just by you know helping lead our volunteers to truly live Rick's uh, whole focus for us, which is open arms. And uh, we'll talk about all that stuff today, um, and you can tell us a lot more of how that really matters. But let's kind of do some fun stuff first. So um, Jake Garrett and I met in college. He's one year older than me, and I came from Florida. I had long hair, and I got here, and for some reason, I didn't even know Oklahoma existed until I got here. And when I walked into our first football meeting, I had no friends, and I just said to myself, I'm going to find the most country dude in here. (laughs) And that happened to be Jake, and I sat down right next to him. So uh, I thought you were the most country dude. What did you think about me? Um, Absolute beach boy. (laughs) I mean... You came in, you had these long, long curly hair, and you had these like flip flops on and board shorts and like a Hawaiian shirt. And your accent back then was even thicker about, you know, you'd be like, what's up, man? What's up, dude? And all this stuff. And so I was like, who is this guy, you know? And, uh, but yeah, I'll never forget whenever you first came down and, uh, or came up and sat next to me during that first meeting during two a days. And, uh, yeah, we kind of hit it it's off. It's really from there. crazy. I mean, like, we were so that. different. Yeah, so different. I went yeah. to, um, I went home with you like a couple days later to have dinner with your family, and we mm-hmm. went to a Tuttle football game in yeah. a small town of Tuttle. And I remember it was just so much different than what like my football games were like in yeah. Florida, you know. <laughs> and so uh, they were bigger guys, and it was a little bit slower. Where right. Florida, they're smaller and faster. So um, yeah. that was interesting to watch, but. So with that being said, you're you're from Tuttle. Tell us a little bit about you know, you know Tuttle Jake, and then coming to SNU, and <laughs> yeah. then uh, now where you are today and what you do. Yeah, so my high school Tuttle um, was a big football high school. You know, it was it wrestling as well, but mainly football. And did you so, wrestle never? No, never wrestled. You know, I played a little bit of basketball, but I was really bad at it, and so I focused mainly on playing football. And I loved football had great friendships uh, on the football team and had uh, just a great time playing football. Of course, it was such a big deal in our town that that made it fun too because everybody would go to the games. You know, it's kind of Friday Night Lights type of deal. And uh, and then I got a call, you know, kind of towards the end of my uh, senior year football season, I started to kind of send out film trying to get a scholarship to play. I really wanted to play college football. And so um, got a call from – Coach Michaels of of uh, at SNU, he was one of the coaches at at Southern Nazarene University, and he said, "Hey, do you want to come for a visit?" And I said, "Well, I had never I had never actually heard of SNU before. Where is it? You know?" And he's like, "It's in Bethany." So I look it up. It's pretty close to Tuttle. So I said, "Yeah, I'll go. I'll go check it out." So I go to a game and um, 
do the whole visit thing, tour campus. And immediately it was, it was kind of odd because I, I, I had toured a couple of other schools and gone on a couple other visits. Uh, but immediately I just knew that this was where I wanted to go and play football and, and spend the next four years of my life. And so signed with SNU uh, without knowing much about it at all. Um, and which is better than yeah. me. I never even saw the campus. Yeah, that's I know. Like I never even saw pictures. <laughs> oh, wow. I just came. <laughs> yeah. What, what were you picturing? Were you picturing so like a I've prairie? I've told the story <laughs> how like I, for some reason, picture like when you drive up the end of this long road and this is huge campus, right? So like me and my dad got here at night right before two days started yeah. and we're driving down 39th and he's like, it's going to be coming up soon. And I'm like, okay. And I'm thinking I'm just going to run right into that. And we're like driving and he goes, there it is. There it went. Cause I just <laughs> passed it, you know? And I was like, what? You know, I was so confused. So. Oh man. Yeah. So but it's beautiful. I'm yeah. And, and so a little bit of background. I, I, um, I wasn't very serious about my faith in high school. It was kind of more of go kind of hang out on Wednesday nights and, uh, with some friends, uh, at youth group, but I never really got serious. So uh, when I signed with SNU, I didn't even really think about it being a Christian school at all. As a matter of fact, I kind of had my own plans for college. Uh, I, I kind of wanted to do the whole party scene and, and, you know, and everything like that. And I won't tell my whole testimony, but the summer before I got to SNU is when I really committed to a, a real authentic relationship with Jesus and got kind of serious about my faith, which was perfect because then I get on SNU's campus and I was surrounded by good Christian mentors and, um, you know, had chapel and things like that. It was just a perfect environment for me to grow because I was such a kind of a baby Christian. I was so new to it. Uh, and so throughout that, that those four years, I was really wanting to be a football coach. Then my senior year, I got called to ministry. So uh, it was kind of too late to switch majors. So yeah. I, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So long, that's a long story. So your, short. your initial <laughs> degree was kinesiology, right? Uh, yes. So that's what I got my degree in was yeah. kinesiology. And then you yeah. started doing, um, seminary yeah. at, while you were coaching football. Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So coached one year at Bethany. Then I coached at a small school in Yukon called Southwest Covenant, started seminary whenever I was coaching at Southwest Covenant. Then I got a job at BFC after one semester of seminary. So you've been here five years mm -hmm. and you stepped in as the college pastor. And then, so that's pretty cool. And then that's mm -hmm. kind of what led to me coming here was I came back from yeah. Arizona part-time. We worked together. We yeah. ran into each other at a conference. Yeah. And then yeah. later the thought popped in your head, well, maybe he could jump on board and help us. Cause you were transitioning yeah. into kind of splitting your time here mm -hmm. with some other parts of ministries and stuff. Um, so anyway, and then you just, that led to more and more, you became a hospitality pastor and, uh, yeah. Jake is extremely organized, extremely <laughs> detailed, um, really Much good like you. at systems. And I'm the total opposite. <laughs> like, um, I'm the spark to the pan and Jake's the, the fire. I like That's that. That's good. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I'm the oil and the grease yeah. and the food and all the right. real attractive things, you know, and, and I'm the crock you're the, pot. <laughs> <laughs> you're the, <laughs> the consistent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you can always count on him, you know, right. like my flavor might be a little different each week, oh, but man. Jake's, Jake's is going to come through burnt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, Tim. Always, always build me up. Yeah. Total opposite. Obviously. That's why five years, you know, and now you're here and, and 
really help and lead our church. And so um, we appreciate it, dude. And um, so um, with all that being said, thanks for sharing a little bit of background. It's kind of fun because we were just talking before. Like sometimes, you know, there's pastors on staff that not everyone gets to interact with, you know. So maybe it's a children's pastor. Well, a 30-year-old who doesn't have any kids isn't going to know the children's pastor or um, someone who's not – maybe in your department or, you know, we're going to put someone on blast here, but maybe not volunteering. Um, <laughs> yeah. they, they might not have a lot of interactions with you. So it's great yeah. for them to get to hear your story and get yeah. to know who you are and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, so uh, Pastor Rick ha- is leading us into a new series, Audacious Faith. So the last two weeks was crazy because we had the snowstorm yeah. and the ice storms and Pastor Rick got stranded. And so we had all these kind of delays, so I ha- this is our first podcast in two weeks, and um, it kind of is nice, though, because we get to pick up with his new series, right? Mm-hmm. And the new series is Audacious Faith, and yesterday, or Sunday, it was really about focusing on trusting God w- with the rest, right? Um, being faithful to the mission that we're called to and trusting God with everything else. Mm-hmm. And uh, he picks up with the story of um, a woman in our church who turned 100 years old in the fall and uh, and passed away, but pretty incredible that she lived to be 100 yeah. years old, you know? Yeah. And Rick's whole point of kind of praising her because she's such a faithful woman, mm-hmm. um, was that Rick, the average age in the United States for someone to live is 79. So Rick's 59, yeah. so he was like, well, I have 20 years, you know? Like, yeah. that's pretty crazy. So he was like, in, instead of retiring earlier, golfing, leisure, like, mm-hmm. I want to kind of rededicate to the mission of reaching people for Christ. And I believe wholeheartedly in that. Side note, what is one thing that you would do? Let's say, aside from reaching people for the gospel, what is yeah. one thing? If there's a one thing you do for the rest of your life, what would it be? Um, that's not too hard of a uh, question for me to answer. I would probably fish for the rest of my life. I love fishing. I love, you know, being out in nature and it just kind of makes me feel relaxed and it brings me back to my childhood. I spent a lot of time fishing as a child with my dad and my brother. And so, um, I would fish for the rest yeah, of my okay, life good. if I could only do one thing. You know, I was going to say share the gospel. No yeah, that too. No, I'm just I, I was talking about uh, being a fisher of men. Fisher of men. Yeah, yeah. not, not um, actual fish, Timmy. Come on. I'm kidding. I know. I phrased <laughs> the question that right, way. Yeah. Uh, I actually love fishing too. Our fishing is much different. Um, yeah, so yeah. I grew up deep sea fishing, you know, mm-hmm. and you grew up lake fishing and river fishing and stuff, which is also fun. It's just two different worlds. Right. Um, that's great. So, okay. So Pastor Rick talks about, Hey, let's, you know, re dive into this mission and yeah. what does it look like? And again, the narrative that he has taught us for so long, is just, we want to live with open arms. Um, we want to find common ground. Like we want to do whatever we can to make sure that the person we're interacting with feels you know comfortable, loved, mm-hmm. and welcome. And uh, if you do, you recall the story when he was at a church? Um, and can you tell us about what kind of where he hit it home for me was this story about when he was at a different church um, twenty mm-hmm. years ago or so? Yeah, and a lady came in and kind of tell us about that story. Yeah, so a lady at at the church uh, was uh, smoking a cigarette outside of the church, and the usher said, "Oh, you can't smoke here. You know, this is a church. You need to you need to smoke either somewhere else or leave or something." Uh, but you can't you can't smoke right here. And Rick finds out he hears about it somehow, and so he goes out, finds the lady, and says, "Hey, do you really need to smoke?" She said, "Yes, I do. I need a cigarette really bad." 
so he said, okay, we'll come over here and, and, you know, um, and, and let's talk. And so he makes a joke. He says he went out there and smoked a cigarette with her, you know, which is funny. He didn't. Um, but he did have a good conversation with her and just said, Hey, you, you can smoke, you know, uh, outside of our church. You don't, you don't have to stop smoking. And the whole idea behind that story and about, you know, kind of illustrating what open arms really looks like is, um, you know, we want people to know for sure and feel for sure that they belong before they believe and certainly before they behave. Um, and sometimes we get that backed up, you know, reverse, like the usher, he said, as long as you behave, then you can belong and then believe, you know? And so that, that narrative is something that we have to constantly kind of fix in our minds that, you know, people, they belong at our church, regardless of what they believe or how they behave. Uh, it's so much more about them than belonging. And that's what open arms really means. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. So, and Rick gets into talking about church, and I want to find here in my notes, uh, he has a line from C.S. Lewis that was really good. Mm. Um, but one of the things that, you know, often gets misunderstood, I think, and why that we can get the whole thing backwards of, like, uh, behave, believe, and then you belong, mm-hmm. is because I think we see church as an, an institution and a building, right? Yeah. And there's part of that that, well, duh, yeah, it is. But it's it's also a living, moving thing that mm-hmm. God is a part of. And so it's not that we go to church, but we are the church, right? And we've talked yeah. about that. And so when you do something like that and you place, well, you can't be smoking out here. It's like, well, now you've lost an opportunity to, to truly be the church, not just mm-hmm. her be at yeah. church, but to be the church to her, you know, mm-hmm. um, where you're the, in this union with Christ and get to live out and love like Christ. And well, so and, and the question too is not just do you belong in the building, but who in your life, think about who in your life do you need to make sure they belong in your life? You know what I'm saying? That that relationship of, you know, you, you're you just as much a part of my life as anyone else. And I know you don't believe, and I know that you kind of, we, we don't exactly live the same lifestyle, but you belong in my life, you know? And that's really, I think, what that takes the institution out of it kind of, you know what I'm saying? It makes it way more personal. And so there's people in my life I was thinking about yesterday, like, man, I need to make sure that they know that they belong in my life, you know, for sure. Yeah. And I think when you think about Jesus, like how do we miss this? Because so many times Mm -hmm. Jesus has had dinners, he's hanging out at people's houses. He's just on a walk with, I mean, I think in the message, version it talks about you know misfit and misfits and um like uh outcast yeah like yeah. messy characters yeah, you know yeah. and and jesus is always with those people you know mm-hmm. and then it's it's the pharisees that are usually saying like what are you, what are you doing like what come on man like you're, they don't you know, behave the right way yes so like yeah. you can't be hanging they don't belong you know right. you can't be hanging out with yeah. them um which reminds me i mean zacchaeus is just my favorite story of all time yeah you think about a guy who um, would have been Jewish, right? Because mm-hmm. he's wor- he's basically seen as a traitor in his community because he's now you know skimming off the top of the taxes because the Romans yeah. give him an opportunity to hey be our chief tax collector in this territory, right? Which is mostly Jewish people. Mm-hmm. So what does Zacchaeus know? He knows the Torah. He's mm-hmm. gonna know it backwards and forwards, just like every other Jewish kid mm-hmm. who grew up. So he's gonna know all about it. So what's happening? Well. The law doesn't seem to be changing him. But what happens? One evening with Jesus transforms his life. 
And so you're yeah. just like that. Look at how important that is, making sure we just mm-hmm. literally and why. I, I, I picture, you know, Zacchaeus sitting with Jesus and saying, you know, Zacchaeus, last week our numbers were really good and whatever, you know, whatever, yeah, talking yeah. about finances and uh-huh. all his life goals. And Jesus just being like, wow, man, that's interesting. How, how do mm. you. How do you feel when you sleep at night? I don't know. But, yeah, like, you know, yeah. just kind of getting deeper. And all of a sudden, Zacchaeus having this moment of, like, man, this guy really loves me. Like, I don't have yeah. to prove anything to him. Well, and I think sometimes, not to sound too preachy, but sometimes with relationships with people who aren't believers, we often, first, we often try to get them to believe what we believe and behave the way we behave. And I think sometimes we just need to stop that and just be be in relationship with them. You know, that doesn't mean we have to celebrate their behavior or whatever it is, especially if it's harmful to them and to others. Um, but we don't have to change it, you know, and people know whenever you're just trying to change their behavior or trying to change what they believe. I mean, they can they can pick that up really quick. Yeah. And so I think once, you know, once we look at Jesus's ministry, it wasn't like he went in and said, you know, stop doing this, stop doing that, start doing this, start doing that. It was, hey, you you belong in my life. You know, you belong as a part of our, of this, you know, in this relationship. And Rick kind of touched on, like, a couple of years ago, he realized, whoa, there's areas where I'm missing. Like, I don't yeah. know a lot of unbelievers. I don't know. Like, I'm only in kind of my bubble. And I think mm-hmm. that here's why. When we've grown up for so long and sometimes with the twisted view of, behave, believe, belong, we get frustrated, uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, angry when we're around people who are living life the way that we're not. And I heard one pastor say, like, you know, get used to being uncomfortable, like, because that's the whole, like, that's how we impact. And so then we don't morph, like, we continue to live our life, and eventually they're going to be like, man, what? Like, why do you and your wife not fight like mine? You know, I don't know. Like, but just mm-hmm. getting to that place where they're going to start asking questions. And you mm-hmm. can be like, well, here, here's why I believe, you know, that yeah. our life is different. But so yeah. C.S. Lewis says this. He says, it's easy to think that the church has a lot of different objects, education, buildings, missions, holding services. But the church exists for nothing else but to draw men into Christ. Mm. If they are not doing that. All the cathedrals, clergy, missions, sermons are simply a waste of time. Mm-hmm. God became man for no other purpose. That's just, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like that's just like, yes, like let's get back to the root of why we're doing what we're doing, you know? Yeah. Um, so let me segue um, because we kind of hit on the heart of Rick's messages. That is just, hey, we need to be extending this love, this grace, mm-hmm. living it out, trusting that God's going to do the process of, um, you know, transforming people's lives. And mm-hmm. so even yesterday you and I were talking and I was thinking about the passage where Jesus says, hey, don't don't judge, you know, for you'll be judged at the same level. And we apply that to certain things, but then not everything, right? Because mm-hmm. then we think of other passages that are like, well, you need to, you know, correct those or whatever. And it's like, all right, sure. But I think that comes from deep relationship, right? Yeah. So what we, what is our job? Well, Jesus says, hey, go out, connect with people, throw a seat. That's mm-hmm. what I want you to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a couple things that we want to, we, Pastor Rick eventually gets into values, but with you being a hospitality pastor, I thought it'd be enjoyable yeah. to kind of hear, okay, what, how do we live this out? What's your um, method, right? Um, we're always married mm-hmm. to the mission, Andy Stanley says, and we date the method. So right now we have a certain method that yeah. we believe works to help connect and disciple people. So I'm going to stop talking and I'm going <laughs> to let you go and talk about it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, 
I oversee hospitality at our church, what we call hospitality. Hospitality includes all of what we call our first impression volunteers. Um, so that would be anything from golf cart drivers, ushers, door greeters, um, all of those types of first impression, welcome center volunteers. And then when we have our coffee bar and stuff like that, our hospitality center, uh, volunteers. So we have some core values, kind of the way I view these, uh, the hospitality and, you know, the hospitality volunteers is we're kind of on the front lines of making people feel like they belong and know that they belong at our church. In other words, we want to be kind of at the center of the culture of our church that says you belong here uh, when we talk about belong and believe. So kind of the way we do that, or one of the ways we do that is we we do three things really well. We have three core values. And in, in my thinking, if we can do these three things really well as a team, as a hospitality team, then people will know that they belong in our church. So one of them is, uh, and they all start with E, so one of them is empathy. And so empathy is feeling what others feel um, at the most basic level. So when we encounter guests at our church, what are they feeling? Sometimes, especially if it's their first time to go to a church, they're feeling stressed. they're feeling self-conscious. What are other people thinking of me? Everybody has it figured out here, but me. And so really as a volunteer, you're asking yourself, what is this person feeling? If they have kids, they've worked really hard all morning, getting their kids ready for church and their kids have been screaming and kicking all the way to church. And so when they walk in they're they're frazzled, you know? Um, and so it's saying, okay, what are people feeling? Uh, and then how do I want them to feel? That's empathy, you know, and saying, I want them to feel relaxed. I want them to feel excited about being here. Um, and I want them to feel comfortable. And so, so enthusiasm is the first value. The second value is excellence. And so we want to do everything with excellence. I think excellence communicates, um, that we are prepared for guests, that we are excited that we have guests at our church. So if you think about when you have guests at home, you know, you clean the house, you light the candle, um, you know, you kind of, you prepare. And so part of, us as a, as a hospitality team is we prepare, you know, and we, we are at our spot on time. We're wearing our name tags. Um, we're smiling, we're paying attention to our body language. That's all excellence. Uh, so empathy, excellence. And the last one is, um, enthusiasm. And so people know when you're excited, uh, when you walk through the door, you know, and they know when you're not excited. And so we want to be enthusiastic. We want to be saying, Hey, we are so glad you came here and that's part of, you know, your body language and, um, you know, how you talk to people and stuff like that. So if we can be uh, empathetic, if we can serve with excellence and when, if we can serve with enthusiasm, I know as a team, you know, that people are going to feel like they belong at our church. Yeah. That's so good, dude. I've had a whole bunch of different ideas while you were talking to how we can like start pushing that more, you know, because I think that, uh, that just those three words, like you could just say those three words and I'd be like, I'm inspired, (laughs) you know, like they, they get you revved up, you know? And it's like, connected to this idea of, Mm -hmm. hey, if God loves every single person that I come into contact with in the entire world, right? Like, it's worth me throwing my efforts at those three pillars because Mm -hmm. it's like, that's what's gonna impact. Like, 
I've yeah. never been inspired by Eeyore, right? Like, yeah, you're just yeah, kind of exactly. like, oh, man. Oh. Well, in these three things, you know, enthusiasm, excellence, and, and empathy, you know, if you can take that home with you, who doesn't want a, a husband that's excited and enthusiastic when you get home from work? You know, who doesn't want a wife that shows empathy whenever you're down? You know, who doesn't want a dad that shows empathy or, you know, excellence? So these things can actually transform all of your relationships, you know? Yeah, so, man. Yeah. That's good. I think yep. I think we need to figure out how you preach that sometimes. Okay, that'd yeah. be a good one. Right. Um, I'll see what I can do. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, thanks, Jake. That's awesome. And yeah. and um, so before we move on, even you know, one of the things is we're always wanting to our we're talking about our six practices, right? Mm -hmm. And um, one of them is serving with abandon. Um, but so what are some ways that people can get plugged in? Sorry, you know, drink your coffee. Um, <laughs> get plugged in to helping serve and maybe where's a need right now. Yeah. And even on the yeah. whole church, we, we kind of know because we're in staff meeting where people yeah. need help. So let's yeah. talk a little bit how people get plugged in and live out those three things. Yeah, well, the need for volunteers is higher than it's ever been because of COVID, you know, and so as far as volunteers go. So a huge need is in children's department and youth, um, but we also have a big need in hospitality as well. So uh, yeah, there's, there's plenty of ways to get plugged in. Um, it's just what we wanna do for for people who want to serve is match their passions and their gifts with the need. Um, and so we want you to feel, you know, excited about how you are serving and fulfilled and how you're serving, you know, God has gifted us in many different ways. And so we want to marry the gifts with the need. And so if you're interested, think about what you're gifted at, think about what you're passionate about. Um, and then some of the needs that we have at our church and say, yeah, I, I can do that. You know, maybe it's once a month, maybe it's every other week. Um, maybe it's, I'm going to commit for the next six months or three months. You know, it's not a, uh, uh, you're signing up for life type of deal. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So that's, so those are good. Those were two thoughts that I had children and youth, but then it also popped in our production team on Sundays. Yes, so yes. they're always looking for help mm -hmm. on the cameras and behind the stage stuff. So that's a real detail oriented type person, you know? And yeah. if you like seeing the behind the scenes stuff. So like in our, um, Oh, I call it the slide room. I don't know what you call it, but it's where they, you know. The production room? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. It's on the second floor. Yeah, production yeah. room. So that's where you pick which camera angles and the slides yeah. and things like that. It's it's neat in there. It looks like, you know, like CIA stuff. NASA. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then one thing that I always can use help with is just the online chat host. So, yeah. um, you know, right mm -hmm. now it's, it's mostly our people that are online in the chat. And um, we want to say hi to them and let them know that we love that they're online with us. And so yeah. we just are trying to grow our, our chat team. So mm -hmm. that's pretty good. So, Jake, as we uh, get close to wrapping it up here, again, Pastor Rick talks about our six um, core values. And I have them right here on my notes. I have them memorized, but just to make sure we say them in order. Right. Um, <laughs> so he talks about uh, we worship together. That's important. We come yeah. together corporately. We have one-on-one -on -one time with God. That's uh, scripture reading, prayer. That's, hey, I'm just going to do whatever I need to do to get away with God. Yeah. Uh, three, group life, which we're going to hone in on in a second. Uh, number four, share our faith. You know, that's what yeah. we kind of were the, the theme of our conversation today. Uh, five, serve with abandon. Six, give of our resources. So let's, yeah. sorry, go ahead. Did you have no. Let's jump back to group life because 
at the end of the day, you know, we believe that becoming more like Jesus happens best when we're doing it together. Yeah. So um, talk to us a little about group life, how people yeah. can get plugged in and go from there. Yeah, I mean, uh, I also kind of oversee group life at our church. And so, so one of the things that we want to see in group life is the culture of belong, believe, you know, behave. So one of the things we really want to see in every group is that culture of belong, believe, you know, behave. So we want people to know that they belong. And at a big church like ours, you know, when you sit in a sanctuary of, of five to 500 to a thousand people, it's hard to really feel like you belong. But if you step into a group of 10 to 20 to 30 to 40 people, um, you, you find a lot deeper sense of belonging. And so, so there's three things that we want to see in every group. Um, so fellowship is one of them and that's key to, to belong, obviously discipleship. And then we want people to serve as a group. And so those are the three pillars of group life at our church is fellowship, discipleship and, and serving. And so, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And and that's what we're trying to get to this place where uh, Pastor Rick's been leading us the last couple yeah. of years about, hey, every group we want to have kind of some kind of something they're connected to at the city um, yeah. or, or service project or whatever, where we're out, you know, hands are out there, hands and feet are out there. Yes. And yeah. uh, so we're excited to see how that evolves and, and continues to move forward. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, again, last thing on this. If someone's listening or they have some some kids or friends or family members that they're inviting to church and they want to get plugged into a group, um, what's the best way for us to make that happen? Um, repeat the question. To get plugged in, sorry, yeah. yeah, yeah. How, how can people step into a group? Yeah, so the best way to step into a group is to get on our website and look at the groups that we offer, kind of figure out which one. There's descriptions of each group. Uh, which one kind of appeals to you and then probably fill out a form online saying I'm interested in a group and then you'll get a follow up. Um, the best way or kind of the method that we have for getting people into groups is I'll meet you in the lobby or another pastor will meet you in the lobby and actually walk you to that group. Uh, it is a little intimidating to walk into a group sometimes uh, if you've never been to it. And so we don't want you to walk in there alone if you don't want to. So we'll have somebody from the class meet us in the lobby and together we will go and visit that that group. And um, that's a good way to, to try one. But yeah, fill out a form online or just call the church, you know, and say, hey, I'm, I want to try a group, you know. So. Yeah. Awesome. And that's it. I mean, we really, I mean, I just yeah. believe so strongly that if you're not walking, you know, through life oh, yeah. with other people, it's just going to be so much harder. Yeah. And that's it. That's part of somewhere in everything we said. One of the things is kind of vulnerability and stripping mm -hmm. away and saying, hey, God, um, I want you to lead me and I want to be real with the people yeah. around me. You know, yeah. we got a world that is all about, you know, let me hide my my behind the scenes and show mm -hmm. you my highlights. And it's like, no, that, that's not the way of Jesus, you know? And so um, groups are a great way to begin to step into that next level of, of growth and no connection doubt. with God. So, yep. Um, yep. all right, well, is there is there anything else that you, you know, have for us? Anything encouraging or um, wrap it up? No, I just encourage you to, to get involved. You know, Rick was kind of saying in, in the sermon uh, on Sunday with the six practices, if you feel stuck in your faith, if you feel like, man, I'm just not really growing, I'm not feeling intimate with God, um, kind of ask yourself, okay, is there a practice that I'm not really committed to? Is there one that I'm not really um, 
uh, practicing or actually putting putting action to and really kind of hone in. We talked about honing in on at least one of these practices for the next few weeks or maybe even during Lent saying, you know, I haven't been coming to church consistently or I haven't been watching online consistently. And so I'm going to start watching every Sunday. I'm not going to miss, you know, one sermon between now and Easter, or I've never tried a group. And so this is the time I'm going to try a group. I haven't served. And so now I'm going to try to serve, but really, uh, commit to one of these Well, commit to all the practices, but ask yourself, which one could you really focus on and, and put teeth to it? Actually, you know, commit to it. That's so so good. That, that one thing, one degree, right. But when you do it one degree every day, it's, it's going to make a big impact at the end. Yeah. Well, thanks, Jake. Uh, I love you, man. And yeah. uh, I'm glad that you jumped on here with us. And I think that some people are going to learn some things about you. You know, total yeah. background, small hey. country guy. And uh, <laughs> not small, but small town country guy. Thanks. And yeah. uh, you're rather buff, actually. Uh, right. um, yeah. Anyway, this is getting weird. Uh, I'm going <laughs> I'm to wrap it up. Thank you guys for listening. And yeah. we'll talk to you soon. Hey, thanks for listening to the Beyond Podcast. Uh, this past weekend, Pastor Rick had an incredible sermon on this idea of just trusting God with our entire life and leaning into the mission. And so I encourage you big time to go back and listen to it if you haven't, or listen to it again and share it with a friend. Um, I think this is one of the great things that we can do now via the internet is be able to share easily uh, the gospel with many people. And uh, if there's anything else you need from us, you know you can go to bethanynaz.org and and really find basically any question you have and uh, you can get connected with us. We love you and we'll talk to you soon.